0: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of Code Enterprise, which was held November 14th and 15th in San Francisco. If you like this interview, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. Let's climb up into our giant... You need
1: me to give you a hand on to get up there?
0: I don't know how I'm going to get up here. I'm going to just... Put you up there. Nice. Sorry, that was a nice view, but I've lost some waste recently, so it's all right. Um... I usually have red chairs, but I was, whoa, fucking shit, these chairs. You, this is to screw with me. You you had to have these chairs. Why? We when do you not have a tall beautiful- person,
1: you have to have tall chairs. It's the rule. It's in the dictionary. It says that.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? I wanted him to sit in my red Actually, chair, but Actually, I think he it's declined. in
1: Miss Manners for, uh, for, uh, for conferences. All yeah. right.
0: Well, I don't like them in any way whatsoever. Um, all right. So why don't yeah, your time. Next time,
1: we'll go with your chairs. Says no, that. we
0: won't. This, there's never going to be a next time with these chairs. So... Um, <laughs> He's already fucking with me. That's his favorite thing. Um, So let's start off talking about the election. I said we were going to talk about it. You ever
1: see that show laugh in
0: yes yes I am and then old.
1: lily tomlin played that character in the little edith huge edith Ann. chair yes yes <laughs> I'm, edith that Ann, I'm five years old you have that look going thank you thank yeah. you
0: um it's i'm edith i ended up five years yeah, old exactly. yeah um this is for older people in the room it was quite funny and it was during the 60s and 70s um so let's talk about the election so silicon so Valley, there's a lot going around now post-election a lot of uh, agonizing about what, what happened, about what, uh, what should have happened, the involvement of Silicon Valley, now mm-hmm. Facebook with fake news, um, which is becoming a bigger and bigger topic, actually, as mm-hmm. we move forward. Can you give me sort of a sense from your perspective where we are and what Silicon Valley, what its culpability in this and what it, what it didn't contribute and what it should have contributed? I don't know who you voted for, for example, but uh, who did you vote for?
1: I didn 't vote for the winning candidate, okay. um, but you know I feel that honestly my and i i uh, have said this already, but I think that you know we have to kind of pull together and we have to have an open mind mm-hmm. and I listened to the president 's uh, uh, news conference today, and I agree with him, which is you know we have a new president elect we need to give him our support and give him the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. uh, let 's see uh, uh, what can happen?
0: So I, I get that. That's everybody's answer from Silicon Valley right now. We have to, but there there has been history. Well, I, here. I believe. You
1: know, I've said this before, and this doesn't change my position, which is I believe in all things. You have to have a beginner's mind, mm-hmm. and I think in this case, you know, it's easy to get a whole range of emotions. I have been with my friends all weekend, and I've seen right. a wide range of emotions, from tears to anger mm-hmm. to anxiety,
0: mm-hmm. stress.
1: I've seen. Um, I haven't seen Joy yet. I right. hope I see Joy.
0: Yeah, and,
1: yeah, um In San
0: Francisco? No. <laughs> They're just and, waiting for January 1st where they can smoke marijuana for the next two years. <laughs> so, well, that's my plan. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: And,
1: and I, I think we have to have a beginner's mind and we have to have a reset and let go of whatever anxieties we have, or let go of our fears, right. and project positivity and project a positive uh, uh, action. My mother right. says you have, there's only one direction to go now, which is forward, right. I agree with that.
0: All right, okay, I get that, I get that completely. But there has been a past, that's what, I mean, what's interesting about Silicon Valley is they're constantly, I had, uh, I talked to a Facebook board member and not on the record, they did not say this, they're like, phew, we have teal, we're protected. I wanted to knife them in the heart when they said that. It was like sort of like they, th- th- that nobody was thinking of the bigger issues. And I'm not to get political on you, but there, was th- there were things said. Before this election, by mm-hmm. this particular person, that don't go away, or do they? Or should, should Silicon Valley, which has been known for diversity and well, tolerance, I don't know. Last, last
1: night on 60 Minutes, I heard that we're not going to have a wall; we're going to have a fence now. Okay. So I, well, I heard that. So
0: it's only slightly less appalling. It's not. But anyway.
1: Well, I, you know, I think that, you know, I think that there's a narrative and a, a, a rhetoric when you're campaigning and mm-hmm. when you're kind of positioning and so forth, right. and then now all of a sudden there's an adjustment. Everyone's heard in the uh, Affordable Care Act, I heard that, um, uh, you know, there's parts that are very good right. about the program, okay. including that uh, people with pre-existing conditions are going to be able to have uh, health care, which I think is okay. great. All right. And also I heard um, uh, President Obama is actually a great guy. That was. Good news.
0: Okay. Good. So there's a,
1: there's a lot of positive stuff coming.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. I'm not going to get you off of this. I think I that's think you how don't, I'm going to take. I'm going to keep that position, position what, for what now. Are, what is Silicon Valley? What are the important issues for Silicon Valley Because okay. this? this is not a tech-forward yep. administration. I think probably the, I Clinton, tell you the, that. the Clinton administration. I think right. if it would have been, they're sort of in the 1990s. Okay. I think the Trump ones in the 70s or so, or somewhere like this. So right. We're, and Obama obviously was yep. on the more on the cutting mm-hmm. edge of things. So where, what does Silicon Valley want from this administration?
1: Um, well, I can tell you what Silicon Valley wants in general, which is um, I would say that there's s- specific governance issues mm-hmm. that are very important in Silicon Valley, and there's things that are social issues which are very important in Silicon Valley, and I think in terms of governance, I've, mo- I've had the opportunity, I, w- I would say I had the honor of moderating probably more than 100 discussions between Silicon Valley executives and President Obama. And in those meetings, um, the most common things that I've heard Silicon Valley ask for are, um, one thing is patent reform. Mm-hmm. This is something that almost happened in, uh, uh, in Washington um, about probably a year ago now, and unfortunately, it got killed in the Senate. Um, but that's very important. We have a lot of friction in our industry uh, that, that right. happens through patents, too. Um, Repatriation. We have a lot of companies that have a lot of money offshore that they think they could grow faster and Mm -hmm. do more if they can have repatriation, and that's something that has not happened in the last eight years. And so repatriation looks like some type of marginal uh, tax rate, like maybe 20%
2: uh,
1: assigned to cash offshore coming back in as a tax. Mm -hmm. And then three... They want to have uh, uh, H-1B visa reform. Mm -hmm. This is very important that um, when, you know, we probably one of the greatest assets of our country is our higher education Mm -hmm. system, and we attract people from all over the world, the best in the world. And right now, when they graduate our universities, they're forced out of the country. Silicon Valley wants us to be able to staple a visa Mm -hmm. onto their uh, degree when they get it. And I think that that would be... Uh, amazing. Silicon Valley also, I think, very much um, uh, is focused on um, fiscal reform in terms of a lot of Silicon Valley executives advocated for Simpson Bowles, which was Mm -hmm. just something that was not able to get done. And uh, and then I would kind of wander into some of the social issues, which are Couple of things like the environment, which is extremely mm-hmm. important. We had incredible progress yeah. this summer, you know, with uh, Paris, with COP21, and yeah. and, and
0: Uh-oh. uh oh, uh oh, on that one. But go ahead.
1: And that's very important to Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got involved in that. Mm-hmm. That's very important to a lot of world leaders and a lot of um, economic leaders because they can they've been educated to the point where they can see that we need to shift. And Silicon Valley is very, very. Um, um, sensitive and focused on inclusion and diversity, which All is right. something, of course, so that I've you also were one, the had an opportunity to. This,
0: this is a workplace issue, mm-hmm. too. Um, you were at the forefront of that around North Carolina and Indiana, mm-hmm. especially. Indiana. And he's now the vice president. He's now
1: the vice president, yeah.
0: So what, do you, what does Mark Benioff do now that he's the vice president?
1: I think I continue to do everything that I have been doing, which is My values and beliefs don't shift or change. I believe strongly Mm -hmm. that, especially as the CEO of Salesforce and also as a leader in our uh, industry, that I need to advocate for the um, happiness Mm -hmm. and well-being of all of our, uh, we call them our ohana, which is our family at Salesforce, which includes Mm -hmm. our employees, our customers, Mm -hmm. our partners, people who use our service, our friends. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to me that we are constantly looking out for everybody, and that is especially... Important in uh, in 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 all of our communities. So how
0: does that manifest itself in in this this administration? This is the governor who signed this bill into law uh, in in Indiana. Well, and
1: then he changed it. Yes. So that's that's positive.
0: Right. So, After pressure from business people. Yeah,
1: there was some enlightenment involved, so mm-hmm. that was good. And um, you know, I think that what happened in that situation is. In Indiana, um, he did sign that law. Um, we had asked him not to sign the law, to be honest. Uh, he signed the law and then we um, asked him to change the law. And after about two weeks and thousands of companies <laughs> all saying please sign the law, change the law, mm-hmm. he changed the law mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to move on and move forward. And then of course, we almost had the same situation in Georgia, mm-hmm. the governor did not sign the law and then the governor signed the law in North Carolina and I Checked. I don't know if the new. I don't know if Roy Cooper is the new governor mm-hmm. uh, in um, in North Carolina, or if we have the uh, the guy who signed the law or not. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was a major issue that occurred in sure. the election. So, act. how
0: much do you think uh, CEOs should be more political? Because you're probably one of the more political CEOs in that terms of for the, advocating for workplace reforms, especially.
1: I I don't know. I don't think CEOs should be political. I think that what CEOs should do is understand that employees and customers and uh, consumers have a choice for the products and brands um, that they do business with and that they therefore represent those people who are their um, customers and employees and stockholders even, all all their stakeholders. And I think that we're kind of shifting from, and I see this with The most avant-garde CEOs—we're shifting from CEOs who are all about shareholders Mm -hmm. and the criticality of share—that it's all about the Mm -hmm.
2: shareholder—and
1: I think that it's all about the stakeholder. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a broader view into everything that's going on, um, then you don't really looking at all of your stakeholders. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to shift my own thinking so that I'm thinking about all of our all of our. all of our Ohana.
0: But not being, uh, okay, I'm gonna let you go with the Ohana thing. Thank you. So, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying. You're part of the Ohana. Oh, God. uh, yeah. All right. Um, so when you when you talk about that, though, you don't feel as if like Jeff Bezos has really gone out on lambs. Meg Whitman, for example, quite mm-hmm. political. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that impact you know at the workplace? Do the CEO. You of mean Puff, because
1: Jeff Bezos bought Washington Post? Yeah, but he's
0: been yeah. he's been very verbal about mm-hmm. his uh, Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz. Some others. Yeah. Does the modern workplace require that to have a point of view, or or is it more like we're not going to say? anything
1: no I think you have Which I think is ha- the
0: Facebook not model only do I think
1: you should Facebook. have a point of view I think you should be clear
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on what your point of view is because like I said I think that people have a choice and I think that you have to be clear about what your company stands for what's important to you what your actions are um, these CEOs are very well paid mm-hmm. and they have high profile positions their positions are also very much at risk on a regular basis because the boards can easily just go and fire a CEO at any moment, which is, you know, happens on a regular basis. So CEO has to be out there, and and CEO has to be willing to take on that risk. And um, I think today they have to be willing to take on more of that risk by making clear what their positions are on these things. I think it's really important today. And I think that if anything of what this election shows, Mm -hmm. you better let your voice and your position be known.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's certainly what our whole country is based on, this idea that we're all in this together mm-hmm. and we're all voting, hopefully, together and we're all advocating together and we're all moving forward together. Right. And when that doesn't happen, then anything can happen.
0: Right, which is what it feels like right now, which is a really interesting time in our history. I'm gonna move on to, um, away from politics, to- Thank you for that. No problem, because um, I'm gonna go right to Twitter. Um, <laughs> Tell me about your attempt to purchase it in all details, please.
1: (laughs) Well, I can't do that, but what I will tell you is... But you really
0: want to. I can see it behind your eyes.
1: You know, I mean, I'll get back to my last comment, which is that as the CEO of Salesforce, I advocate for all my stakeholders. Right. And in that case, you saw that one of my key stakeholders my shareholders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: made it very clear that they wanted me to Not do exit that. that. Mm-hmm. I dream or vision or idea, and um, I did, mm-hmm. because I have no choice. I have to, you know, I have to, if I am anything, I have to be able to listen Right. And, I, and if I wasn't listening, then I wouldn't really be right. the so a lot
0: of CEOs don't leader listen.
1: that I'm trying right. to be. But
0: a lot of CEOs don't listen and move forward with things that may be unpopular. Right. So, can you talk about the vision of what you were trying to do? I know he showed me before all his talking points, which I, that's why I love Mark. He goes, look what I'm not supposed to say. Um, and one of them was, don't say we tried to buy it. You already said it, like we thought about buying it.
1: Yeah, so we should just move forward. That's All right. my point.
0: Everybody understands <laughs> that you tried to, but what was the idea? Because I, I never understood it. Peter Kafka and I spent hours trying to figure it out why you wanted to do that.
1: I, you know, I could give you a whole presentation on the screen here. Yes, um, okay. But I, I really just feel like I don't want to antagonize. Um, my shareholders, where I've already agreed, mm-hmm. you know, with them that mm-hmm. I need to move forward. I, you know, that was an uncomfortable meeting that I had at Dreamforce at right, a was. really incredible yeah. conference, and then I walked into a room with uh, 200 shareholders, and they were like, "Look, you need to uh, listen more closely to us," and I agreed.
0: With right. Them. Okay. What do you think will happen at Twitter then? Because you obviously had regard for it. I think we we've talked about it before. I think it. I think it's a
1: great company. I think it's a great CEO. I think it's a huge vision. I think it's very unique. has a unique position in the world. And I think as evidenced by this election, I think it's more important than ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly. I was thinking Donald Trump should buy it. But um, some days I, want to, I wish I had taken that job at Google. Then I well, could buy it and close without, it down. Without
1: Twitter, I don't think you would have right. President-elect Trump.
0: No, absolutely. That,
1: that's reality. I mean, as he said it, he said it very well. He said, I have a beautiful Twitter account.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: those were his words. Yeah. And I, I was know. thinking
0: it, that doesn't sound very well to me, but okay. Um, so the, 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 the impact of it is what you think is important, the impact of a global communication system we're I think are. it's
1: very unique, and I think there's a lot of things that can be done with it that are very exciting. Such as? All kinds of things, magical things, <laughs> okay. but I can't go into those <laughs> All things. All right, okay. So let's I let's wish that, I could. You I'm wish sorry. You could. Let's I talk think a, it's a great company.
0: All right. So do you think it will be all right? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. backed off from, as you did, mm-hmm. you know, af- after hearing from yeah. their shareholders or having various reasons why mm-hmm. or why not. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it'll be yeah. able to continue Absolutely. to survive? Okay. Um, you bought other things, though. Quip. Yes. You bought Quip, um, Demandware. Yes. We've
1: bought quite a few companies. Uh, we've bought about almost, I think, almost 40 companies. Mm-hmm. And we've bought quite a few companies this year. Right. And this year, something happened. And uh, CEOs wanted to sell their companies. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen very often. And you have to kind of. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's something in the funding environment, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that. I know because I still get a lot of emails from CEOs who want to sell their companies. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of companies that are out there that are for sale. Mm -hmm. I think we're lucky that we were able to pick up, I think, some of the very best companies, Mm -hmm. uh, certainly in our area. I think there's also other amazing companies that are for sale and that are available. And for whatever reason, um, CEOs want to sell now. I don't really know why they do. I think, you know, I've said this publicly before. I feel that we're going to go into a growth uh, phase of our economy. I'm a little bit contrarian in this mode, that I feel that 2017 will be a good year Mm -hmm. uh, for the world and that we will go forward economically, that we're kind of at the end of the 2008 um, cycle. This is what I think. I'm Mm -hmm. not aligned with, uh, you know,
2: most global, economists, with yeah. most
1: global economic thinkers right. on that, but I right. feel like we've burned off a lot of the um, baggage of 2008, which is, was very difficult for the global economy, mm-hmm. and we're <laughs> kind of moving into this new world. All right. um, I think that it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to move into this new world faster, mm-hmm. but because 2008 was so horrific economically, and damage so many uh, uh, financial uh, components of the global system that we haven't been able to like shake it.
0: So, what quip? Why? Why did you do that? Well,
1: I mean, this is a great example where, you know, um, I've known Brett for five or six this years. Is Brett, Taylor. Brett Taylor. is an incredible person. You know that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he was at Google. He was the CTO of Facebook, and then about four years ago, uh, he started this company. And I remember exactly when he started the company because we have dinner. Once a month with each other. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. What are you doing? Finally, about a year later, he's like, oh, well, I'm going into enterprise software. I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be amazing. What's going to happen? And then when I saw the product, which was about three years ago, I, or maybe, yeah, about three years ago, I'm like, well, this is amazing. You know, this would be incredible. And he's like, no, we're going to be independent for a long time. Mm And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You, whatever you want to do. you know. I'm a huge fan of him. And Kevin also. I don't know if you've met Kevin Gibbs, mm-hmm. his co-founder, Incredible. And Kevin, of course, has an incredible lineage with Google and App Engine. Brett has an incredible lineage at Google, but also in, in, in Facebook. And um, all of a sudden, I was talking to Brett and uh, this summer, and he said, look, I think we might want to sell the company to you. And uh-huh. what had happened was is we had been talking and he had been working with our new Lightning um, framework. We have a brand new, incredible platform on, uh, that's integrated into Salesforce called Lightning, and our customers have been really loving it, and our partners too, and he had been using it, and he had built a Lightning control with, for Quip. And we had been talking about that and how exciting that was, and, um, and our customers you know, were about to see it for the first time, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, geez, you know, if you ever could see yourself, you know, as part of Salesforce, mm-hmm. this would be incredible. He's like, I know. And he goes, you know, I think I probably could see that. And I'm uh-huh. like, and, and I think 48 hours later, the deal was signed. Wow. Yeah, it was that fast. Wow.
2: That's fast. It was,
1: it was actually, I think it was the fastest deal that we've ever, were able to, a, the fastest deal we were ever able to get done. Mm-hmm. And it was even calling was an it? emergency was, board meeting and the whole thing. Yeah,
0: that was for how much? 700
1: it was something like that, yeah. In two days. I don't know the specifics, yeah. Wow,
0: It's yeah. a quick decision.
1: It was a quick, well, I knew that that's what we wanted. Right. I mean, that's, that's a great example. You know
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's one of a kind. Kevin mm-hmm. is one of a kind. Mm-hmm. You know the product is world class. I love the product. I use the product every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot of friends who use the product. You look at companies like Facebook who have tens of thousands of users on the product and many other companies that mm-hmm. have thousands of users on the product, and he, 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 he saw the fit with us, and we saw the fit with him, and that's, it's easy to go ahead.
0: Wow. That's yeah. still a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money,
1: but not relative, actually, to his last valuation and so forth. I think the company is appropriately valued. I mean, it's a one-of-a-kind so, company. And
0: then Demandware?
1: Demandware is also a one-of-a-kind company in that it is the largest and most exciting uh, cloud-based uh, commerce solution in the world. It has and in, in, you know, of course it has had incredible growth and uh, success, but you look at a company like Adidas,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they just had a situation where they sold like 10,000 of the new you know, Kanye Yeezy shoes in an hour. Mm-hmm. That's, and that it's able to do this to sell commerce at incredible levels in, in, in the cloud is, is awesome. And we did not have a commerce solution. It's a critical touch point for our customers. And companies that we have huge relationships with, like Louis Vuitton. Mm -hmm. And with Louis Vuitton, you can just see, like, you know, we're touching a lot of their framework of their customers. Like, if you go into a Louis Vuitton store, you'll see they'll come up to you with this incredible um, uh, app on their phone that we've built with them called Icon, and they have all your customer information, what you've bought and what you like and all that, but then they'd like to be able to just check you out right in the store. Well, they can... um, do that, you know, uh, with Demandware now. Right. So that's really so cool. So,
0: what else are you looking at? What are the other kinds of companies that I, you think is important? Well, if you're I, assuming right. you're the buyer, mm-hmm. right? And then we're going to talk about you being bought too, about what happened with Microsoft. Okay. But um, what other kind of things do you think are important? Because you, you're you're doing commerce. Mm-hmm. You have over here. You have Quip. You've got yeah. there. You've you've morphed beyond your original core business.
1: Well, uh, the way we look at our core is is that what Salesforce is position in the industry, okay, is the company that helps you to connect with your customers in new ways. Mm -hmm. So you're a company like Adidas or Louis Vuitton or a company like Cisco or whoever picked your company. And we say, okay, now let's look at the framework of how you're connecting with your customer because the front front office is really the new back office. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing in sales and service and marketing and communities In analytics and building apps and commerce and iot all these customer touch points how can we give you a single view of that customer so that you can say yes this is our customer and wham here it is here's everything about this customer Mm -hmm. and that's what all that's what all of our customers want so badly and so when we look at frameworks um, uh, for acquisitions we're really looking at it in that way saying yeah, okay, oh, demand where is here, commerce, okay, that fits. Mm-hmm. And we have a very kind of thoughtful, mindful approach to acquisitions. So what are you
0: actually missing? What do you feel like you aren't, what touch point aren't you touching?
1: Well, I think there's probably a lot of touch points that we're not touching. I think there's a lot of ways that companies connect with their customers that we're not mm-hmm. in. Um, that said, no one is selling more, you know, CRM or this customer relationship management or mm-hmm. customer service, uh, and systems than we are. We're the, so you know, what we're are the you largest missing? of those companies. What are you missing? Well, I think you know some of the companies that I've gone for that I haven't mm-hmm. bought. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> name, a few, name a few areas. You don't have to tell me. Companies. Well,
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think that, uh, what, like what you saw with social networks, obviously mm-hmm. that's an area that we're not in. Right. And that's a c- critical customer touch were point.
0: Were you one of the possible buyers of Yammer at that time? or I don't remember.
1: We, we looked at that, but, yeah. you know, we have our own service that's integrated yeah, that's into right. our capability called right. a Chatter. Right. It's very popular with our customers, so it just didn't give us ability. I'm a huge fan of David. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, he's one of my,
0: one of my, so, one of my heroes. So, so social networks, because people can talk to customers, presumably, right?
1: Anywhere where that customer is having a conversation or connecting right. or wanting service or sales or right. looking to conduct business. There aren't that
0: many social networks, really.
1: Uh, no. Um, I mean, you can look at some of our services. Uh, we'll look at Demandware. You know, they have more than 300 million users on Demandware. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's very analogous to a Twitter, for example. That's They have about 300 million
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, users as well. Uh, you look at, actually, our, our email. A better one is probably our marketing cloud, where we have, we're the largest email and messaging provider in the world. Mm-hmm. We have 400 million users mm-hmm. on that service. So those are big um, uh, consumer-facing assets that you know our customers are using to connect with their customers. Do you
0: have to keep buying to grow? Is that something? No, our
1: core is so strong, you know, that um, you know we're the fastest growing of the top ten, and you can see in our second quarter results that you know we really um, uh, continue to have you know that kind of strong double-digit growth. So that was very exciting, and um, um, uh, I. I'm a little bit constrained in what I can say right now because we're in a quiet period, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I really can't pierce that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very happy with how we, how we did in the second quarter.
0: So, talk a little bit about you as a possible acquisition target. Um, did did my did you have serious discussions with Microsoft?
1: Um, I mean, well, right, yeah. take away serious discussions What's with that?
0: Microsoft because you always. You CEOs always parse something if I say it. When Sacha came
1: in Mm -hmm. um, and the chairmanship changed with John Thompson, Mm -hmm. John has been a friend of mine for two decades or more. Uh, Actually, since 80... This
0: is the chairman of Microsoft. Yeah,
1: 95, since 95. And um, when he was at IBM running OS2. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had a lot of conversations about different possible uh, relationships between Salesforce and Microsoft, and John made a case that there was, it's was a new Microsoft with a new slate, they were gonna change their business ethics and how they did business and how they wanna do partnerships and that we should engage mm-hmm. and, um, uh, with them and look at different opportunities to uh, partner with them. Mm-hmm. And we looked at every possible uh, option.
0: Meaning also a sale. And Everything. why did you not do that?
1: Um, I think that what we started to find was that, I mean, there was one really very pivotal meeting I could tell you about that really changed everything. And um, it was, you know, the, the context is that there's a new Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And i um, What
0: does 100% a, less mean? What, what was Well, I'm a
1: very trusting person. Yeah. I'm open to that, you know, right. and so it's new players I so see, that I know. So you know that. You, you know see, me pretty I, well. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's find out what's going on. So... Anyway, um, you know, one of the meetings that definitely impacted, I think, the relationship is that um, I got a phone call from Satya, but this new relationship, and um, uh, my new best friend, you know, and I'm trying to give John, I'm giving John the benefit of the doubt on this, and... um, The call was, "Hey, will you meet with uh, this executive Uh, we have here, Scott Guthrie? He runs Azure, Mm -hmm. and um, I'd really like you to walk him through the details of your business Mm -hmm. because maybe we can get Salesforce to run on Azure, and that would be very exciting for you." Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Okay," and and it was clear also that uh, you know he was someone who was not in our business. He's running Azure, and so I had this meeting with him, and then a couple weeks later, uh, I read in the newspaper or uh, probably on. Recode, mm-hmm. that uh, Scott was now running the CRM business. Oh. And so I was like...
0: That I, sounds like any one of Google's meetings, but go ahead. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> and go ahead. I, was, I was just very kind of surprised by that. And right. so and that's he didn't when give I was, you that information? I just kind of came to the conclusion at that point that the new Microsoft was actually the old Microsoft. Uh-huh. Okay. And... Um, that's just how it goes and yeah. so it's not something that i would do uh-huh. you know but it's it's a different way of looking at, at uh, things so, right and, so and then things maybe. like that kept happening and, and the um, bomber
0: kept jumping out of closets what no.
1: well like we're ah! we're a we we're, were a partner support yeah. we're a partner right. and then we got a call that we were you know all signed up to go to this partner conference mm-hmm. and then you know oh you're not allowed to go to the partner conference
0: what they yeah. disinvited you, They hard?
1: disinvited us. Yeah. And just lot of little things like this started stacking up, and then I think when we kind of put it all together, I'm like, I don't feel like this is exactly the new Microsoft that we were looking for.
0: Okay, so no purchase so, now. <laughs> then you fast forward, you compete. So and And the
1: reality is I'm also looking at, you know, we look, at the end of the day, and you know this, is that Salesforce is a special company, mm-hmm. I feel like. We have done a great job over the last uh, 17 years. You know, we started in '99. We have 25,000 employees, 150,000 customers. We are have a you know we look at kind of a billion people using our service, whether it's customers, partners, consumers, whether it's you know um, all citizens, all these folks. You know that we have a, an obligation to um, look at that and to move the energy that we've created with Salesforce forward, mm-hmm. and um, I am, I'm, I am um, looking at that with a res- level of responsibility. I think you know that, and yeah. I kind of, to your questions,
2: well, that
1: I, I, I feel like Salesforce does have a kind of a a role to play, and that it's, it's, it has to. That you didn't want to get
0: bought. I I would have enjoyed seeing you as a Microsoft executive, because it would provide me endless amusement and stories, but. Thank um, you, and uh,
1: and I hate to take that away from you.
0: I know, but that's all right. You'll do something else ridiculous at some point, Um, so. That's uh, probably true, (laughs) I always do. So talk a little bit about the LinkedIn acquisition. You were looking at that also. mm hmm yes. Um, How serious was that from your point of view?
1: Uh, I like that asset I think that's a great asset mm-hmm. I really like their I've said this uh, before I really like their uh, financial architecture
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, some of the things that they've done uh, like their I liked their balance sheet mm-hmm. a lot and I thought it was really undervalued and mm-hmm. the reason why is you saw in January they had an equity event and their yeah. equity got cut in half right and that's when you know we said oh wow that's something we have to go look at and Others went and looked at that as well.
0: Right, and it didn't improve, even though their results improved the next quarter, which was interesting. Um, did you? How close were you to doing that, or did Microsoft just swoop in there and grab it for that price? Were you in? in well, the, if in you that read range? through the proxy, you'd yeah, know we
1: were extremely close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what, what? But you
1: have to understand that that was a lot of money for a company for, uh, size, for yeah. a company our size.
0: Yeah. But you were willing to pay that for to acquire that asset. Well, I thought that
1: was a great deal for our shareholders, uh-huh. and um, but I didn't uh, have that opportunity to uh,
0: so provide that to them. So now you're now you're opposing it. Can you explain that for?
1: Well, yeah, you know what happened was that executive I met before, Scott Guthrie, right. he um, uh, ended up uh, part of this, uh-huh. and um, he and you know it's not something that we had even really thought about, but all of a sudden. Uh, He was at a Deutsche Bank conference, Mm -hmm. and he started talking about how he was going to use LinkedIn. And what he said was he was going to wind the LinkedIn data with their CRM data, with their productivity data, with all the other data streams that Microsoft has, especially proprietary data streams, to create what he said at Deutsche Bank, which was essentially a barrier to entry for other Players mm-hmm. um, in product business productivity, where they have a monopoly mm-hmm. or in other markets, mm-hmm. and I was uh, surprised about so this that is with
0: office and other to work. Yeah, with
1: and I was surprised at that, and that's kind of their vision. You can read the transcript; it's all very clear,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, he makes it he makes it inordinately clear, and uh, so. Uh, you know that was just something we said. Whoa, you know that sounds like that's illegal. Actually, right. Like, why is Scott? Why would Scott Guthrie want yeah. to go and do that? Right. Yeah. And then so, uh, Satya. We have the new Microsoft here with yeah. Satya. I don't. They have understand. been
0: down that road before. What?
1: Well, yeah. There's this is well. You have to think. Like, you know, look. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. As long as we're giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. I feel. We, they.
0: <laughs> I feel we shouldn't give anybody the benefit.
1: They of are. That. The, they were the middle managers. Right. For the last two decades in this organization, mm-hmm. and now they've kind of moved up, mm-hmm. and so this is how they've been, you know, trained in, in business. But I think that uh, specifically to this point, that um, not just us, but you know, I think uh, dozens of other software companies have seen that transcript so now. And what do you imagine said,
0: happening at this point? You're not going to stop this thing, or are you?
1: Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but what I certainly do hope, because you know, the FTC and Uh, didn't look at this, but the European um, regulators are looking at this. Yeah, I
0: talked to Marguerite Vestager about it.
1: Okay, well, there you go. I mean, she is the person who is really looking at this, and she needs to make a decision um, on uh, what does this mean for the ability for companies to trade in data. Mm -hmm. We've seen that companies... um, are acquiring companies to potentially create proprietary data streams to create barriers of competition. So, um, if the U.S. government is not going to look at that, then another government will have to, like the European Union Competition Commissioner, like um, a commissioner uh, like this commissioner, or um, you know the Chinese also have a competition commission. Mm-hmm. Why isn't the U.S.
0: as aggressive in this? They sort of passed on a lot of these investigations. Yeah, I don't
1: know, actually. I don't really know. Did you press
0: them, the FTC and others?
1: Uh, Probably not. We were probably not as on top of it as we could have been, Mm. and then all of a sudden we were, and I think we've tried to surface it. I think, you know, Richard Waters, I think, wrote a really good article in the FT recently on it. I think there's been a number of other really excellent um, editorials on it, but it's this idea that you're gonna buy a company to create a barrier to entry. That is just something that is a little bit foreign to me.
0: Is that dangerous to your business? Because Office is a critical, no, it's one of.
1: I don't, think it's ne- I, don't know, I don't think it's necessarily dangerous to our business, but like, for example, we bought Quip, we want to enter Office productivity, Right. and so Microsoft wants to maintain their monopoly and doesn't want innovation in that area, So they're going to say, well, now we've integrated all of this LinkedIn stuff into Office. So now you, why would you want Quip?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the idea.
1: And and not just the data. That's not really what we're talking about. We're really talking about signals. And that is that, you know, as we kind of move into this new world, some of the signals in LinkedIn is, yeah, you're in your LinkedIn profile, and you're like, oh, yeah, I am not at Recode anymore. I'm at Vox, Mm -hmm. and I make that change, and I change my phone number and all that. And those signals change or the relationship strengths change, mm-hmm. um, and that's information that metadata, mm-hmm. You know that, those magic sure. words metadata, they have that. So they may say, oh, we're gonna license you the data, but then what about the metadata and the signals? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. also you know, a critical part of it. In our business is a little bit foreign, I have to tell you why, because in our business, the data that we have in our systems is not our data. It's our customers' data. Mm-hmm. We can't see our customers' data. So when you look at the data that's in Salesforce or in you know these uh, this, our service cloud or our marketing cloud community, we can't see that data. That's mm-hmm. our customers' data. Mm-hmm. So when we work, when we let our customers build applications on that data mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, that's for them. Or even when we build our new Einstein, which is our new I'm AI. We're going to talk about but, that. I'm but, yeah, finish we this, up
0: discussing that. Yeah, and it's the way going... we're
1: doing AI is really different than others because our AI system, which is I think a pretty big breakthrough in how AI mm-hmm. is done. Is it can make these decisions uh, with the customer without having to actually, um, uh, without us having to see or normalize the data. So
0: talk a, a broader about AI and why everybody is pushing into it in Silicon Valley. I mean, it's sort of the buzzword now. Um, I forget what the last one was, but um, what does that mean for... Mobile was one of them. So right, mobile, yeah, I remember that one. Um, talk a little bit about that idea of what AI is supposed to be. I mean, for you and for... Well, like, I think
1: um, if you haven't seen the Terminator movie, it's worth yes. going to check that out. Right, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: that didn't end so well. Yeah.
1: It is kind of awesome because I think for a lot of the, uh, you know... Um, Uh, science fiction movies that have dealt in artificial intelligence for the last... It always ends badly. ...several decades. And I think now we're starting to see the formation of some of that technology, and that's why Mm -hmm. we need to have more awareness around that. And Mm -hmm. whether it's machine learning, machine intelligence, deep learning, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, or any other level of artificial intelligence, I think that um, we have seen... Some very significant breakthroughs, especially in the last you know three right. to five years. Well, when
0: we had Elon on stage at Code, he, he was one of the. We had Facebook and Google who control quite a bit of it, uh, and that was sort of happy, shiny people talk about how great it would be for all of us yeah. and how helpful and how great, and the fact that they run all of it was even better. Um, you know, that's they say. They've that. also
1: done a good job of pushing it into the public domain. That's right, because they do have this technology, unlike other technologies. Mm-hmm as these, some of these next-gen enterprises mm-hmm. have worked on it, you know, they kind of get to another level. And one of the reasons it's going faster,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not just because universities mm-hmm. have had big breakthroughs in it, but because organizations like that have a slightly different technology model that we have not seen in our business before, mm-hmm. where some of these folks, whether it's the Deep Mind, whatever, mm-hmm. they get to a certain level where they get their next algorithm, mm-hmm. and then they kind of push in the public right. domain as they go to work to the next level.
0: But one oh, of the things really he, Elon was concerned with is the control by certain companies of a lot of this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt, you know, he's pushing open AI, and he's more, he's more in the Terminator school of thinking. Yeah. Um, where, and I think sure. his best case scenario, I think he, um, he felt like if they treat us like house cats, it'll be okay. Um, and I interviewed Brewster Kale today of the Internet Archive, and he said the same thing. How, one day we're going to be in a cage, and we're not going to know. How are we going to know we're in a zoo?
1: Well, that's there. how Elon thinks today. That's what's right. going on. I don't know right. if you've talked to Elon, but he, you know, Elon believes we're all in a simulation. He does. He so does. That's So that is we're all in a cage.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And he believes that AI is already out there. Right. On us. Yes. And um, okay. that's.
0: But other people have You're not going to go any farther this. there, but <laughs> yeah, that's okay. okay. Um, but, but many people do work I won't push you on that, i won't, but you know I what understand, I'm but many other people who do not believe we're in a simulation. Okay do you believe that there is worries about, one, who controls it, right. who, has, who has more control than other people yes, um, or other companies, and right. two, that it creates job elimination.
1: Well, I think this kind of gets back to our first uh, narrative in this discussion, which is you know, companies have different sets of values.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, leaders have different sets of values. We know that in the election. Mm-hmm. We look at this in our industry. You, so you can say, you know, here's your leader, here's the things that they believe in, whether it's you know, democracy, freedom,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, whether it's uh, inclusion, um, uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say that also about companies too. I'm right. sure you talk to a lot of, you're inside of a lot of companies mm-hmm. yourself, and you know different companies have different sets of Absolutely. values. You can even just walk and see like, sometimes on the very front door of a lot of companies, say these are our values and mm-hmm. quality is job one or whatever it is. So I think that um, you know he's right that you know um, different companies are going to have different sets of values and going to operate on these assets differently. Right. I, I'm not sure that any one company will control artificial intelligence. Right. I and think it's too big, and I think so it's. So, what do you
0: think about the job issue too? Is that if you have, if you're putting artificial intelligence in everything, mm-hmm. does it? You know, here you are, a company helping people do a workforce, manage a workforce, mm-hmm. and manage their customer relationships. What does that look like? Because, again, and I am concerned with the companies who control it. Um, I had a discussion a long time ago with um, Larry Page uh, when he was talking um, when it was about um, when they were trying to buy Yahoo to to do the search or Mm -hmm. to do search, and I'd written a piece to say they can't have 99% of the market, they just can't Mm -hmm. have it. And and they kept insisting they could, and they were very good and everything Mm -hmm. else, and I, I think my line, which was somewhat rude at the time, was at least Microsoft knew they were thugs um, when they were doing monopolistic practices. And he called up and he said, that's very mean, um, you know, kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, how do I know that you are good? Like, how do I know that you will do the right? Well, I'm a good person. And I was like, yeah, well, what about the next owner of Google mm-hmm. and the next owner, you right. know, who runs it? And so when I think about AI, I do wonder how how we manage that and how quickly it moves into other things that we have unintended consequences. I think that those are all the right questions. So, Talk about whether AI, where you got, where you see AI in your company, what does it do? Does it replace jobs? Does it make things easier? Does it, what does it do?
1: I think that, you know, it will help our uh, customers and our, and our users be more effective in their mm-hmm. jobs. I think that will be the first step. I think that's all we can actually see at this point.
0: Meaning what? How, if, give me an example of that.
1: Oh, well, I think, you know, take an example of uh, a salesperson who's, Working on making a sale, and they um, they are—they forget to return an email of um, you know one of their key decision makers. Mm -hmm. You know that decision maker is listed in their database and all the meetings they've had and discussion and their discussion Mm -hmm. notes. And then all of a sudden, this kind of assistant Einstein says to them, "Hey, you didn't." Email that guy back. Why don't? Why didn't you do that?
0: Mm-hmm. So benign or things like that. Or maybe you
1: should, yeah. Or maybe you should, you know, set up a call with this person to be more effective, or prioritize um, your day based mm-hmm. on you know what you're working on.
0: Do you think it will? Do you rep- see that kind of like yeah. Google Now, yeah. For example. Do you see it replacing jobs? Do you think it's because again this? Is I think that
1: it probably will replace certain jobs, mm-hmm. and technology over time has replaced certain jobs. So mm-hmm. I think we can assume that AI will replace certain jobs, but AI is not gonna replace all jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. Which ones?
1: Well, I think that you can see that in, in, um, uh, in position, I mean, we can go through a, a, every industry, mm-hmm. but I think in a lot of areas where um, there might be uh, technology that could be um, augmented to replace manual labor or mm-hmm. manual or specific manual tasks mm-hmm. but it could it could go it could go it could go quite the distance. And
0: does Silicon Valley have a responsibility to understand these implications because right now even with this election they don't want to take responsibility. Well,
1: so. I don't agree with that. Really? No.
0: Well, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel We are like, not at all responsible for I, fake news. Well, I
1: think they're... Okay, Come that's on. one executive made that statement. Right. And so that's hand-waving, and mm-hmm. I think that that probably was wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I do think that... You know, responsibility, this is an area that I'm interested Mm -hmm. in, and I think that, for example, Silicon Valley leaders, the leaders in this room, me -hmm. and you, you know how I feel, Mm -hmm. which is that all of us have to take some level of personal action responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, one of the things that I, you know, I'll tell you like one thing that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. So on Wednesday, it's gonna be, uh, this is gonna, we're really gonna go off subject for a second. Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, it's gonna be Prematurity Day uh, in the world, Global Prematurity Day. And it's really to bring awareness around premature birth. And Mm -hmm. I'm really focused on all levels of children's health. The Mm -hmm. children's hospitals, uh, different types of of diseases associated with Zika. And I've been funding with uh, 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 Gates Foundation um, an idea that came out of an article that I read by Atul Gawande called On Slow Ideas, which is that there isn't any kind of centralized support on premature birth. When I read that, I just feel inherently in myself I have a level of responsibility to act on that, mm-hmm. and we funded this effort at UCSF, and we've you know, been able now be able to create a predictive model around mm-hmm. um, premature birth. There's going to be this incredible new $30 test to be able to, you know, see if the, mm-hmm. the, you know this child is coming prematurely or not, and I kind of connect those things together where it's like people. Who are given this responsibility? They do. They they have this obligation. You're unusual. What did you
0: say? No,
1: I don't think I am. I think more and more I see, like Mm -hmm. even in our 111 model, which was unique when we started Mm -hmm. in 1999, but now we have more than a thousand companies Mm -hmm. that are doing that. And I think that you know, in the case of this effort, I had the vision, and then I could see that we could have an impact on premature birth. I felt that way about when I started Salesforce. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I realized that same intuition that I had here that I could connect with um, some feeling that could turn into reality, I'm going to act on that. And I, so, I also feel that way about our public schools, you know, right. that we have to and all get involved. and the city of involved. San Francisco. We are seeing really good success in our SFUSD, and it's because of a number of leaders getting involved in the schools. And you've gotten and more
0: people involved? Oh, yeah, and
1: it's exciting. So, and you can see it empirically. That's what's cool. And we so, need to go work on Oakland next.
0: Ending because we have some questions from the audience. Um, If we have some questions from the audience, um, would would you 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 do a lot of public things? You give a lot of money away and and stuff like that. Would you ever consider running for public office?
1: I wouldn't, and I'll just tell you why, which is that, you know, first of all, I'd be a terrible politician. You know Mm -hmm.
0: that. I don't think that matters now. (laughs) But go ahead.
1: And I'm backing you for mayor, that so I don't true, want to interfere. I'm feeling, you know, I I'm wanna, feeling I have, governor now. I feel- want to have, have my clear support.
0: Um, but why not? I why think not, 2020
1: not? could be good for you. Uh, you governor?
0: Know? Or yeah. no, go against poor Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Governor's so 18. 18, you're right.
1: Right. 2020 yeah. um, know, is the next presidential just, run. It feels
0: like people who are rude and tell it like it is have a lot of success, so you and I should win everything. Um, but, um, but you, why, you don't you. want to run for office at all.
1: I'd rather not.
0: Yeah, because... You don't feel that...
1: uh... I think I'm I'm more effective in what I'm doing.
0: In what you're doing now. All right, Mark Benioff, thank you. So questions. (laughs) Questions right here. Got a um, mic. Where's the mic? It's right here. Questions from the audience, please ask. Come on, someone. Question, question. Nobody has a question. I'm also
1: happy just to go home, so that's fine. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay, do you want to go over here? Oh, go ahead. Just go ahead. I'll repeat it. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the plan from some people in tech industry to actually exit the country in California, Yeah. Oh, good question. CalExit. He's asking about, what, about yeah. the plan for CalExit.
1: CalExit? Yeah. I think that, that it's silly. I mean, I think, you know, here's what I look at. I, first of all, I'm a native San Franciscan. I was mm-hmm. born a few blocks from this building. Long time. Your
0: family's been here a long time.
1: I went to public schools, and I um, love California. I love San Francisco. I also love being an American, you Mm know. Um, I, you know, re-registered my party affiliation about nine years ago, mm-hmm. and or a decade ago, and I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, I just view myself as an American. Mm-hmm. And I want the ability to just support America. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, when I travel the world and I get to meet with other business leaders, I've also had the opportunity to meet many incredible world leaders, mm-hmm. um, the heads of you know, m- most of the significant nations I've had an opportunity to talk to, yeah. like we're talking. And You have I, gurus
0: and shamans. And I, and I have a
1: spiritual in, side too. He's
0: invited me to meditate with him many times. I would times. love for
1: you to come and do some of that. That but. is
0: never going to happen.
1: So. <laughs> But I'll tell you that I love America. I love Mm -hmm. what we stand for. I love that we are about the pursuit of happiness and Mm -hmm. freedom. And I love that we have a democratic system. I love Mm -hmm. that we can all vote Mm -hmm. and that we can choose a president. And we're not going to always like the president that we choose for, but good news, there's another election coming. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't vote, however, or who don't get involved, or who don't advocate for their position, um, then that's not American. I think what America is all about is we all get motivated, excited, uh, maybe we tra- channel our frustration into motivation, and then we go create what we want in our lives. And that's that's, what's, and that's what San Francisco is about, by the way. San Francisco is the most avant-garde city in uh, the United States. You look at the summer of love. You look mm-hmm. at the things that have come out of San Francisco. I could go through the list mm-hmm. if you're interested. Since you're going to be mayor, I should probably educate <laughs> I'm you. I'm aware of it. I'm aware. I actually, you know, we just kind of... My grandfather was a supervisor here oh, for many years, and there was a, a book actually just published this his book uh, just published this week on the history of BART, which it was his oh. idea to come up with BART, and he had a little sheriff's kind of badge as a San Francisco supervisor on it, and, um, you know, I kind of look back at that in conversations that I had with him and just, you know, his visions for a greater San Francisco— <laughs> San Francisco is a very important place. It's mm-hmm. it's our best value system in the United States. In mm-hmm. my, I mean, I think that we have it right. I think so. It,
0: exiting from the United States is not error. Well,
1: I'll tell you why. It
0: also means we need to have a lot of guns if we want to do that. But what? what but
1: I don't agree with that. But I think that I don't we, think they'll let us
0: leave. I have this feeling that it's not why. happen. But here's why:
1: because it's our job to influence and push all this mm-hmm. energy, all this good stuff, right. towards everyone that you. Mm -hmm. think needs it you know (laughs) if you are feeling that somebody is not where you want them to be then visualize them and pray for them and support them and lift them up
0: i think to be fair they california feels like it's been doing this for a while and it looks like it didn't really stick like when you look at some of the you know okay we thought we overcame anti-gay, anti you know, we thought we overcame a lot of these well, things. Well, we have
1: overcome a lot of things.
0: Except not. That's, that's why I think there's the frustration well, to do it. There's it's a, like gonna it's not always going to be
1: yeah. more work to do. But and I that's think it's a shocking
0: life, amount of,
1: I for think a lot this of people. Is, I, look, I think life would be really boring if mm-hmm. there were no challenges. Okay. So, and I think it's good. I'm for just there saying to that's, be where it, that's where
0: it comes from. To work on there, things. That's where it comes from. Because it felt like there was changes in gay rights and everything. And there all of a sudden. There have been
1: changes in gay rights. Yet,
0: and yet it feels, poomp right there. Oh, I understand. So that's what I think. I, understand. I think that's where it comes from. Well,
1: I think that but we're going to. You don't think we go. should exit? No, I don't think we should exit. I think we should fight harder. I think we should make it clear what we believe in. We should take individual action. We should all have a personal. Um, thing that we're working on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work on all the things I'm working on. I have mm-hmm. a long list of things I could go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take every homeless child off of the streets of San Francisco. That really Excellent. bothers me. I want to fix Zika. I, want it, I mean, I have a lot of crazy things I want mm-hmm. to do, but everyone should work on one thing. Mm-hmm. If you could work on one thing, if everybody did one thing, then I guarantee you that we will make the world better and things will improve. And San Francisco is a place where a lot of people do a lot of really good work. Mm-hmm. And that's inspired me. Those people inspired me to do these things. Right. And that's what I want to do.
0: So you're staying in the United States? I'm staying. States. I'll
1: circle back to... Um, Quentin is leaving, though. So <laughs> goodbye, Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I love it Quentin is staying, too. too. Good. We need, need you, Quentin.
2: You. They're they're leaning towards
1: Giuliani for Secretary of State. So at this point, it's like no one cannot have a conflict in this cabinet.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to circle back to Microsoft and AI because...
1: I saw Satya talking in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and of course, he was talking about AI, and he leads with CRM. Yeah. Right. And man, it looks a lot like Einstein. It does. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah.
2: clear, it is on.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, <laughs> I read that in the have, New York Times, actually. And,
2: yeah, well, that was my thing. And,
1: um, Quentin works at the New York yeah, Times, just so you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and- um, Wasn't his story, but it was- And
2: you bought like 10 companies- yeah. Some of them have big databases like Crux and DemandWare. Yeah, I no, didn't do mention AI Christ. and you got Brett in there as kind of an architect to string all this together. They've got like years of
1: doing Bing and search and tons of databases. Uh-huh. Sure Handicap for me how this is going to work
2: out as dispassionately as you can.
0: It feels as if Crux is yeah. a little worried for you. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I think that you know when I look back um, when I started Salesforce 17 years ago, um, I can't remember if we had that same conversation or not. No. <laughs> But it was close. And, you know, I just look at, you know, if you look back at our second quarter, uh, you know, we sold more CRM in our second quarter than they've sold in the last decade. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're doing great. And um, we just need to continue to innovate. We need to continue to listen. We need to continue to focus on our customers. And my experience has been that when you do those things, then everything... Uh, Goes pretty well for so you. So
0: he's not worried apparently. But what, what, what it, but he's right. They, they they can bring a lot to bear now. I had an interesting interview this morning with um, from the podcast with Vic Gundotra for his new company. Uh-huh. But he ran Google Plus, right. and you know they got very worried about Facebook, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know essentially did a face plant uh, yeah. in social. And I said, why do you think that was? And he said, well, nobody at Google is social that was a problem. <laughs> you know, they wanted, like, essentially they're all robots and they had no ability to be social <laughs> or, or talk to uh, ag- actual people. And he said it, he said it very clearly. It was, they were not, it was not their core business and stuff. So I think that's essentially what you're saying is that.
1: Well, we do one thing and we're just trying to do that one thing extremely mm-hmm. well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, question.
1: Hi Mark, Dan Fromer from Recode. I have a question. Um, how do you work? Do you have any productivity hacks or, or a style of work? Uh, how do I work? That's um, a very good
0: question.
1: Yeah, um, I have a very informal style of work and I, um, I would say that you know I um, spend a lot of time with my employees and executives. I also spend a lot of time with my customers to kind of, quit- oh, Quentin didn't like my answer, he left. <laughs> and um, I, uh, uh, you know, I'm on the road pretty much constantly. Before Dreamforce, which is a huge event for me, Um, I have to, you know, when I get to Dreamforce, I have to do this huge keynote, which we talked about, where we have 170,000 people at the conference, 10,000 in the room, 15 million online, and I want to do a good job. And so I went to eight major cities here in the United States. I'd already been to Asia. I met with hundreds of customers. I do the presentation for them. I just keep doing it over and over again. I'm doing it again this week. And I just try to stay as in touch with the customers as I can.
0: And what about d- gadgets and devices?
1: Uh, I really only have one computer. I use a phone. <laughs> it's right here. It's an iPhone. <laughs> and this is all I use. And um, I, don't have, I don't really use a computer. <laughs> uh, for everything I do, I do it on the phone. I've been doing this for a long time. I think that's really influenced our software quite a bit as well. <laughs> because, because everything works on there. Well, really well, and we yeah. have millions of users on the phone.
0: Great. Okay. Last Thank question.
2: You. Hi, Mark. Um, clearly, you're passionate about many things, and you mentioned premature births. Can you tell me, in terms of healthcare in general, where you see where technology might have the biggest impact in changing our dysfunctional healthcare system?
0: Wait. Did you have to help
1: me with yeah, that? Yeah, I didn't
0: Health, hear that. Healthcare
2: hear system. Well. Your views about how technology can impact healthcare.
0: Healthcare. How, yeah. Technology yeah. healthcare. Uh, well, that, um,
1: how technology can impact healthcare. Well, I think that how technology can impact healthcare. Well, we've seen a couple of different, you know, advancements, which is we've seen uh, electronic medical records. Sure. Okay. We're kind of seeing the next generation, which is uh, engagement. And
0: wearables. Wearables.
1: Okay. Um, but I think that the big thing that we're going to see really coming up is. When we have big data, I think the best example is Kaiser Permanente right here in the Bay Area. You know, there you have a closed system. And this closed system, with all this information, we talked about AI. Now that you actually started to have this advancement in the ability Mm -hmm. to have insights out of data, I think that's gonna create incredibly dramatic shifts in healthcare. And I think a lot of it will get driven out of closed systems. So whether it's them. the U.S. Army, who has healthy forces, and the Veterans Administration uh, database or Kaiser Permanente, really, you know, large-scale closed systems, and also, uh, like, the U.K. government has one. Other countries have them. So apply I think
0: AI to these.
1: You're going to see some amazing things. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing some things already, um, but I think you'll, you'll, you will see really dramatic things.
0: What do you think of these wearables? That's a Fitbit. This
1: is the Fitbit, which I'm a huge fan of and has had a huge impact on my life. And, um, you know, I, I recommend that highly.
0: Mm-hmm. But nothing I else. love that. You don't want to have something implanted in you?
1: Um, not today, not tonight.
0: Okay. Right. Oh gosh. That's what we're having for everybody downstairs. We'll have you implanted and stuff like that. Anyway, thank you, Mark Benioff. Thank you and very much. And there's drinks downstairs on the ground level. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. And be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, in which Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Friday, I host Two Embarrassed Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to your podcasts.